You are listening to the sermons of Country Gospel Cowboy Church with Pastor Johnny Lee. Country Gospel Cowboy Church meets in a one-room schoolhouse at 12257 Highway 60 in Millican, Colorado. My brother lived right below that mountain when it went off in Washington. But Truman said... I don't have any idea whether it will blow or not. It may happen, but I don't believe to this point that I'm going to pack up and leave. And then he went on to say, if the mountain goes, I'm going with it. He said, this area is heavily timbered. He said, there's a spirit lake is between me and the mountain, and the mountain is a mile away, so that volcano ain't going to hurt me. On May the 18th, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted at over 238 square miles a forest was burned, and Truman hasn't been heard of or seen since. History records the tragic tales of a lot of people that were warned of the calamity to come that didn't heed it. There's examples of it in New Orleans. There's examples of it in foreign countries where tsunamis hit. Uh, there's, some, there's examples of it in Florida. Uh, that people said they were going to write it out and they've not been heard from since. So they paid a great price for just trying to hold on and not believing what was coming, didn't they? When Jesus ascended, he left us with a promise that one day he would return. A lot of people, a lot of people say that he's coming back but when you look at their lives, there's little evidence that they are anticipate his arrival. Jesus said that, that would be the case. In Matthew 24, 37, he says, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Isn't that funny that Noah spent a hundred years preaching as he was building that ark and nobody believed him? You know why? Because they'd never seen rain. So they didn't believe anything they couldn't see. And we're asking people to believe something that they can't see. So guys, here's where observing the truth of what people says, when it, how it registers to us. These people continue to live their lives with no fear of what was coming. And people today are living their lives with no fear about what's going to come. Uh, not only did they continue going about their lives, they actually scoffed at Noah's preaching. What are they doing today? They're scoffing at the preaching the gospel message that Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt he's coming back. Look what he says in Luke 4, 12, 40. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. So these guys that are predicting this stuff ain't going to happen. If you hear a prediction that Jesus is coming back at a certain hour at a certain day, that you can rest assured he won't be coming back then. Because no man knows the time or hour of the day. Uh, in the book of Second Peter, it tells us of those who 
ridiculed the idea of a literal return of Jesus. Man's denial doesn't change the fact that Jesus is coming back. The prophet said that the Messiah would come first. Some didn't believe it, but he did. Jesus said he would rise from the grave on the third day. Some didn't believe it, but he did. Jesus said that he would return. Many don't believe it, but he will. There's two main points that from what the Bible tells us in this passage. First of all, Jesus is coming. The second of all, judgment is coming. Those two things you can rest assured is going to happen to every creature that God created. Judgment's coming. There's two indisputable facts that will impact every person on the face of this earth, and that's those two things right there. Now, I want to begin by examining the reality first that Jesus is coming. This is a fact that brings great hope to us that are God's children. Isn't it? If we're part of the bride of Christ, we are tickled to death that he's coming back to get us. But this is a fact that should bring great fear for those that aren't prepared. And you won't get these people to even talk about it because they don't want to face the fact that he's coming back and they're not prepared. So they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to believe it even. And this uh, Peter's second epistle was written to born-again believers. His intention was to remind them that Christ was promised to return someday. So I think we need to be rem reminded from time to time about Jesus is really coming back. And you're going to see him in the physical. You're going to see him. Look at verse 1 in second chapter of Peter, verse, uh, chapter 3. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. Peter states that his intention with this second letter is to stir up their minds. It literally means to fan the flames. It has an idea of rekindling what was burning out, rekindling that flame. That's the only way you can rekindle something. If it once was on fire, but it's burning out, it needs to be rekindled. The fans need to be flamed so we can renew fresh the idea of what the Bible tells us from the start, that Jesus is coming again. These uh, Christians may have forgotten that they'd been taught about Christ's return, and maybe some of them been influenced by the scoffers and false teachers of that day because, remember, Peter was teaching them through this letter warning them about false teachers and false prophets. Um, he's he's, he found it necessary to remind them once again, don't forget what you've already learned, that Jesus is returning. And you know, guys, we're, we're 2,000 years closer to him than they were. And they believed it was going to happen in their time. Well, I also believe it's going to happen in my time. And I think every born-again believer has had that thought since Jesus left and said, I'm going to be back. These guys believed it when they saw him leave. And the angel of the Lord says, why do you stand there and look up in the sky? Because they're expecting a return. And they stood there until the angel said, you need to do what he tells you to do. Don't just stand there watching. Nothing. There's things to be done. 
before he returns. And that's a message for us, church. There's things that we need to do before he returns. With all of our power that is in us and given to us by God, the Holy Spirit's power, with all that, we need to proclaim Christ to the world before they go out unprepared. The Old Testament has hundreds of prophecies about the first coming, but the Old Testament has loads of reference for the second coming. If you just read Daniel and some of the prophets, you'll find that out. In the 27 books of the New Testament, there's over 380 references about the second coming of Christ. One out of every 25 verses in the New Testament refer to the second coming of Jesus. For every prophecy on the first coming of Christ, there's eight on the second coming. So it's important, isn't it? It's important. They knew that he'd already come the first time because they had him there. But the second time, no man knows the hour when he's coming. Uh, throughout the Bible, God used a lot of different men to warn us about the day of the Lord. And look in verse 2. It says, we're reminded that, that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets that the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. You remember, he's, he's trying to teach them, don't listen to false prophecy. So he says, go back to the holy prophets of old and hear what they say. That should be proof enough. Guys, no more, today more than ever, we have false prophecy. Even the New Testament could not match what false prophecy we have today going on because that's Satan's realm. He is an imitator, an aper of God. What God puts down, he tries to imitate. Everything that God does, he wants to do. It, just in the tribulation time, He'll have the beast. He'll have the Antichrist. He'll have the false prophet. A triple, a trinity, working for Satan's behalf. Not, see, he does everything God does, except it's false. To get people away from their knowledge of God and their trust in God and their faith in God. Psalms 53, 4 says this. Our God approaches, but not silently. A flaming fire comes first, and a storm surrounds him. God comes to judge his people. In Malachi 4.1 it says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. It's a total annihilation. Not only did the Old Testament prophets speak of the first coming to Christ, they warned of his return. When you look at the New Testament, you'll see that we're reminded of the second coming by all the apostles. Because that's, that's the gospel message, guys. That's the gospel message, that he's returning. Without his return, we have no gospel message. We have nothing. These were men who were chosen. They were called and commissioned by the Lord himself.
to be his ambassadors to the world. The message was placed in their mouth by the Holy Spirit, just like it is in ours. See, we don't speak of our own and on our own. We speak because God gives us the words to speak. And we project that, not of our own power, because we wouldn't know what to say. But when the Holy Spirit fills you with the message of Christ, you speak what he tells you to speak. These are men that God used to pen the New Testament. John says in Revelations 1-7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Hey, did y'all ever think about the world being round? And if Jesus comes up here, how can they going to see him down there? Have y'all ever thought about that? And the Bible says everybody's going to see him. So I think Jesus will be massive where the whole world can see it is coming. Because when that trump sounds, bing, you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone. And guess what, guys? On the third coming of Christ, we get to be, we get to be with him. We're going to ride a white horse just like Jesus and we're going to rule with him on the earth for a thousand years. Satan's going to be in the pit. Well, I need to teach on Revelation. It's really an interesting book. It really is, because there's so much more that I could tell you, but I don't have time and get this message out. But we're reminded of the second coming, even by the Savior. Uh, it comes directly from Jesus. In Matthew 25:13. here's what he says. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Matthew 4, 17 says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 26, 64 says, You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Let me ask you a question. How many of you think about the rapture much? Most of us, don't we? How long do you think that'll last? Within a twinkling of an eye. Did you know your eye twinkles faster than you can blink it? Guys, that's the rapture when we'll be called up as the bride of Christ to forever be with the Lord. He's going to meet us in the air with a shout, the trumpet sound, and we'll be caught up. You will see the dead in Christ rise first. The sea will give up her dead. All the graves will open. And then we shall follow the, who are alive and left. That lost person will have an answer from Satan about what happened. And he's going to, Satan's going to deceive them, just like he always has, and tell them they left because of this. After the tribulation, seven-year period, the, the demons have their, done, their work done. When the dragon gets what he wants done, the three and a half years, they're going to follow him and just think he's better than Donald Trump. <laughs> I just throwed that in, guys. <laughs> but no matter who's leading now, they're not the Antichrist, guys. The Antichrist will have every nation on his side, and he will direct them to the religion 
But here's the thing. After three and a half years, that all turns, and Satan will have everyone worshiping him. He will take over the temple, and if you do not worship him, you will immediately find death if you refuse to worship uh, the demon or, or the dragon. And so, guys, see what we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, send the gospel message out to people that's going to be facing that if jesus was to come and today we were caught up and you had an opportunity to witness to that person that god sent you to witness to and you missed that that's going to be terrible i'm glad we don't have to face that consequences in eternity because we're going to be forgiven. Even those, those things that we let pass by, those opportunities that we let pass by, when we let them pass by, guys, we're not going to receive a reward for that. It'll be taken away from us. That's part of the judgment seat of Christ. That's, he's going to reward us. It, the Bible tells us the good and the bad. The good will receive rewards. The bad, we will not receive rewards. We'll miss that opportunity. And here's the, the worst part about that. I want to receive as many rewards as I can so that I can lay them back at the feet of Jesus. Because it's not me that does anything. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. And he has preeminence in this church. He's the builder of this church. And I want to see this church grow more than anything. Not just numerically. Guys, I want to see us grow in our spirit. I want to see us grow in our compassion for people. Because we can work right here in Millican. If we just change Millican, we'll have done our job. Did you know that? If you win one person to Christ that's a reward that will never leave and you'll receive that reward and you'll proudly take it and place it at the foot of Jesus in that day he's coming back and I can hardly wait I, I, I think every day well, almost every day. Sometimes I'm too busy with other stuff, but I think about, why don't Jesus come today? Today would be a perfect day. Well, I guess I'll get back to my message. Today's news is full of false religions, warfare, natural disasters. Things are going to get much worse in the Great Tribulation time, much worse. But when we look at what's happening in the world today, it seems that the stage is set for Jesus to return. Isn't that true? It seems like any day now, the Antichrist will announce himself to the world and things could go from there quickly. What, look at what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 1, 2. Here's what the Bible tells us, guys, and we can see it. Men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, 
ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power. If that, if that doesn't describe our society today, I don't know what does. I drove a bus for Kersey for, you know, a few years. And you guys already know this. The kids have no respect for adults. They make gestures with their hands. They say things as they leave the bus. They have no respect. Well, guys, that comes from the home. They have no discipline in the home today. Because we've said, society has told us that we shan't spank our kids or you go to jail. That's not what this teaches. You spare the rod, you spoil the child. Now, I may be hammered on that, but I'm just going to teach what the Bible teaches. That's what God said. And I know I got my share of them. Okay. Uh, the skeptics, they ridicule the promise of Christ. Uh, in verse 3, look at verse 3. Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, followers following after their own lusts. In verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. How many have heard that? I hear that from people today. Well, where is he? He's been promised for thousands of years. Where is he? And you just kind of have to hold back giggling. You know, because, you know, you just, you, you see how really people don't believe. And they're, they just don't want to believe. Peter says these scoffers, they deny the reality of his coming. Uh, and they say nothing's changed. Things continue as they have since the beginning. Well, what did they say in Noah's day? Everything was the same. No rain until one day it happened. They, these guys have hardened their heart against God. They don't believe in anything they can't see with their physical eyes. Not only do they not believe the prophecy, they mock and ridicule those of us that do believe. Uh, kids get it at school. If your child's a believer, he's going to be ridiculed in school and mocked. That's the test of a young believer. I, I love our kids because they don't care if they're mocked. They're going to stand up for Jesus. They're going to stand up for Jesus. Not only the apostles, but the majority of those in the early church expected Christ to come in their day. And by this time, many of them died, and Christ did not yet return. And the scoffers asked, where is, where is he? And they will say, people have been looking for Jesus to come back for 2,000 years. They laugh, they mock, they scorn, they blaspheme. Well, all we can say is, yes, he's not yet returned, but we're closer today than we were yesterday. I'm closer to Jesus. I say that now that I'm 72. I'm closer to Jesus than when I was 22. <laughs> Whether he comes or not, I'm closer to him. I'm excited about the fact that Jesus is coming. I'm excited. 
and each and every born believer, we didn't anticipate his arrival. Paul says we're to be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a glorious thought, though, isn't it, for those who belong to him. If you don't belong to him, it's a tragic thing coming. Judgment is coming. Let's talk about a little judgment walk. Those who deny Christ also reject the idea of judgment. Because you can't believe one without the other. There's no doubt that God is long-suffering and merciful. In verse 9, Peter says that God is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Don't you just love that? God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants all of us to be with him. That's because he loves us. He loves us. He's a holy and just and righteous God. And he never has and never will let sin go unpunished. Somebody has to pay the price. And if Jesus doesn't do it for you, you have to do it yourself. Because somebody's going to pay for your sin, whether it be you or whether it be Christ. There's coming a day when his judgment and wrath will be unleashed like never before. If you think tsunamis and earthquakes and all the fires and stuff that we've had are bad, wait till the tribulation. And Peter reminds his readers that God has already judged the world one time. In Genesis 6, 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he'd made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing, the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now here's the thing, guys. If people know that God did this once, what makes them think that God's not going to do this again if we don't repent of sin? If God made a judgment, which later he promised that he would never do it by water again, because that's what the rainbow announced to people, that that's our assurance that God put a bow in the sky, and he tagged that to say, I'll never destroy the earth by water. But he didn't say anything about fire. Here's the thing about fire. Fire cleans. It's a cleansing thing. That's what the Bible depicts fire as, is a cleansing. Um, when people are thrown into hell where there's fire, did you ever figure that out? Why, why he put fire in there? It's a continual cleansing for stuff they've never paid for. They're never going to get right. And it's a continual fire of cleansing in hell that never gets better. And the thing about, he said, Peter says that these scoffers were willfully ignorant. They invent fables, they tell lies, they deceive others, and they do it because they reject in the truth. The problem is that they can't understand. It's not that they can't understand. They don't want to know the truth. It's like the old movie. You can't handle the truth. And that's true with these people. 
They don't want to know the truth. That's why you hardly get anybody that's lost to talk about the return of Christ and the judgment that's coming. They don't want to know. They don't want it. They have no fear of judgment because they don't even think about it. Have you, ever, have you ever talked to a guy that knows he's going to die and try to convince him that Jesus is and that Jesus wants him to be saved and they just refuse to repent? See, they've hardened their hearts so hard against God that now that they're gonna about to meet him, there's no way to repent because God let him have his way. And it takes so long of trying to get people to come to Jesus. God gives us every opportunity to be saved. He gives us every opportunity trying to get us saved. And every, you have to run over the cross Tromp down Jesus on the hill of Calvary to be lost. You have to do that just to be lost. God does everything in his power to get us to be saved. And when we repent and we repent, we finally harden our heart against that. And we harden our heart. And God finally says, okay, if that's the way you want it, that's the way you're going to have it. That's why some of these deathbed people, they won't repent because they've hardened their heart so bad that they're not going to submit to him. The Bible says in verse 7, look in verse 7, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Well, you know, the first time it was destroyed by water, next time it's going to be destroyed by fire. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. You know what else the Bible says? Everything will be replaced except what? The word. The word. The only thing that's left standing is the word of God. So there's scoffers in our day as they were in Peter's day. They deny that Jesus is coming just like they denied of his return in Peter's day. But one day, when these things come to pass, they're going to repent and they're going to bow their knee before the Lord. But it's be too late. See, guys, even Satan is going to bow before the Lord and claim that he is Lord of all. That's what the Bible tells us. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord of all. But for some of these folks, it'll be too late because judgment has already come upon them. Our responsibility, church, is to try to get folks to realize that the fact whether they believe it or not, Jesus is coming back. And making difference whether you believe it or not. He's coming back. Every prophecy that's written in this book has come to pass. Everything is true that is written in this book. So why would not this prophecy come to fruition? Let's stand. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
All sermons from Country Gospel Cowboy Church are available to listen and download at countrygospelcowboychurch.org or on iTunes for Apple devices, Podcast Republic for Android and Kindle devices, and SoundCloud. We would love to have you join to worship. Service begins at 10 a.m. on Sunday, or join us for Bible study at 6.30 on Wednesday.